Welcome everyone to episode two of Points of Connection. I'm Christian Santa Maria, Assistant Director for Retreats and Pilgrimage at the University of Notre Dame in Campus Ministry. It's an odd feeling that all of us have something deeply in common these days. Our schedules have been interrupted. So what happens when we have to figure out how to feel grounded at a time of uncertainty? That's our podcast, trying to hold things that seemingly don't go together in tension in the context of faith. This is Points of Connection. What are you tense about right now? I don't know, dude. It's just like, what's what's there not to be tense about? <laughs> it's, it's the way of being, bro. Like everything... The, the stakes feel so high, dude. I think this is the first week where uh, I have felt the tension of, like, coronavirus. Why is that? Everything feels heavy. Uh, I don't know when this is going to be over. I, I think this is the fir- this is the most unsettled I felt in this entire process. The first couple weeks, are it's over. Uh, we were able to manage all the problems, and now it's, like, now settle into the reality. There's no... There's no trying to solve this. There's just like, this is it. So now what? Yeah. Well, there's like literally nothing we can do. Why are we so unsettled when things are uncertain? There was a uh, there was a story I uh, read uh, from a, a book, The Places That Scare You by Pemda Chandran. She's a Buddhist monk. She's talking about this kid who comes for spiritual direction. And he comes in and is like, my girlfriend broke up with me. And I'm just like, it's really tough. Like, I'm really bad with transitions. And she goes, huh, foolish for you to ever think that you were never transitioning. I'm just really bad at these, like, times where things are unstable and, like, I'm moving on. And she, her response is, foolish are you to think you were ever. So that's not to say that stability isn't, isn't there's, a, there's no goodness in it. But somehow it has convinced me that I was, oh, I was at some point never constantly changing. And now that that constant change is in front of my face, it's incredibly unnerving. Yeah, and I think that that speaks to the question that you asked, because the externality of life is unstable. And a lot of times that when the externality is stable, like when when my routine is set, it means that not everything is unstable. Because I know the internal instability so well. Like I'm always there with that friend. (laughs) You're saying like get, that your inner life is so uh, is constantly churning that you depend on your outer life to provide the stability. Yeah, it's almost like the only thing that keeps me grounded. Mm. So does like so does like is that what liturgy does for you? Is that what like church does for you? It provides like a a rhythm that's outside of you that allows you to kind of keep up with, kind of stay the pace, kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean that's part of I think the reason that I'm drawn to it. I like in some sense, like, you know, I, my wife and I started our family young, like we were 24 or something, 25 when we had our first kid. And, um, it's almost like in the chaos of life, adding more chaos to it somehow made it more ordered or something. It it made it make more sense because it was, which, which makes no sense (laughs) because it's like you take chaos, you add more chaos to it. The solution should be even more. But for some reason, it's like the, by placing like the boundary on my life in that sort of really broad handed way made it freer or something. So this is not your first time having to go through 
major uncertainty yet this time still feels difficult for you? I don't even know if I would say this time feels difficult. Like it does not feel objectively more difficult than any other time because it's just that right now what's happening around me does not look like it normally looks. I still feel the same. Mm. And it's almost like the things that I've seen happen around me almost reflect more accurately the way that I feel on a regular basis because it's like I'm I'm never certain about anything. Mm. I shouldn't say that though. There are certain things that I do feel certain about. I do feel certain about some of the gifts that I've been given. Mm. I feel certain about some of like the graces that have been presented to me in concrete form. Like my love of music. Like I feel certain of that. I feel certain that I love my children. Like I I feel certain that I'm drawn to care for them. That's not to say that I do a good job at that or I do it perfectly or that I always um, act in the way that I aspire to. But it is to say that I can identify something that is, um, I don't know if certain is even the best way. It's, um, I, I think groundedness, I feel a groundedness in knowing where I ought to direct my energy. Mm, if, I'm, if I'm honest with myself, and I did, I, I think I discovered this in college, how much I, how much I need routine to feel grounded. Um, shit, man. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a weird, like I'm not like in the conversation. I'm like listening to us conversating. So I need to like figure this out. Um, Dude, it's like Hook. Did you ever see Hook? Yeah, I've seen Hook. What's what's Hook about? It's Bangarang, bro. Come on. <laughs> He's at the table, the dinner table mm-hmm. with with the Lost Boys, and they're all sitting around and they're just like shoving their hands into these empty bowls and like stuffing their faces. And there's nothing. Yeah, Robin Williams is just like looking at them and he's like, "What are you doing? I'm starving. Like, let me get something to eat." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he. It's in, in a joke, he grabs, he puts his hand in a bowl and he throws it at Rufio's face. And all of a sudden, as soon as it hits Rufio's face, it, he sees the color in the food. Because he's playing. Because he's playing and he's realizing that, like, there was never anything to begin with. Mm, mm. I think we're similar in some ways. And I don't think everyone's like this, but I think my inner life is constantly churning and I depend on my external life to kind of give me some pacing. Uh, so like going to work gives me rhythm. Knowing that like Sunday Mass is there, I'm like, all right, whether I want to go or not, I know it's able, I'm able to attend that and I know it's going to be there uh, as a rhythm. And I think the hardest part of this time is kind of like what you said earlier, like my external life and my inner life all seem to be in fluctuation. And so even my expectations of like who God is during times where it's not coronavirus or times where we're not in this pandemic, I've had to be, I can rely that like this is going to happen tomorrow and I can find God in the, in the rhythm. And I've now had to like learn how to find God in the arrhythmic nature of, of life. And that is a new skill for me. And it's kind of scary. Honestly, it's not, it's, it doesn't come naturally to me. How is that different though? Because, like, if I, I guess the thing that I'm thinking as you're saying that is like these these 
routines that I build, these go, this going to work, this waking up at a certain time to, cause the kids are up because, you know, if those things didn't, if those things weren't there for me, I would just, I'd probably run myself into the ground. <laughs> right. Like I would stay up to like three in the clock, three o'clock in the morning, just like working, <laughs> you know, I'd like be deep into some music thing and I would just like, nothing would stop me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And is part of what you're saying that somehow the balance of having the routine, which doesn't resemble your interior life, uh, illuminate who God is for you or ha- has that function in that way before. I think the rhythm that I was living prior to where I am now um, didn't do much for, it was a paradigm. My routine in, in my previous life before the p- pandemic allowed me to create a paradigm, a kind of like an environment where I could through uh, continue a, a mental health state that is healthy, that allows me to pay attention. The only difference now is that paradigm has shifted. And a part of me is like, it sucks that I have to find a new paradigm. It sucks that I have to find a new way of holding everything together because so much has changed. And at the same time, it doesn't seem like that much has changed. Like this is this pandemic is not like a, like nine eleven where something big happened and it's clearly what like there was a before and there was an after. It was so gradual, and so I think my, I, I I'm having such a hard time. I think what's different is that I have to mourn the fact that like the the, the paradigm I was working with is no longer the same, and I have to find something new. I have to find a new way of being, a new way of engaging with the world. And that's tough because it took a lot of work to build that last paradigm up. And it was a paradigm in which also allowed me to experience God. It also allowed me to rely on opportunities where God was accessible. Well, with that paradigm having shifted, I have to find a new language. I have to find a new way of being. That's That, that I think, is what's tough about it. Now that you look back, was it God? Well, that's the question, right? And I, and I, I surely I think it was grace. I think I, I think God could use whatever we got, right? Like I don't think love requires perfection. But I think that's that's also a question that's hard these days for me. Is was that more God, or is that my? Was that uh, to 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 borrow someone else's words? Uh, Matt says, "Do I really believe in God?" Or do I believe in myself to conceive of a God that I'm comfortable with? And if God is a God who's constantly creating and constantly moving, my rhythm in some ways somehow convinced me that um, I could comprehend it in a, all at one time. And this pandemic is a humbling one because it reminds me like, no, you can't. Like, I, 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 you're not God. And so right. it has it has asked me to it has pushed me to ask this question like how much of that was really God using my finitude to give me grace and how much of that was just me predicting who God should be and that's a right. tough question and I think that's that is something that's really real in my spiritual life now so it's like a broken heart it's it's like a broken heart if I could be more bold it feels like a death right it feels like something's done and I have to find something anew. It, I, I, for me, the feelings lately have been like mourning. Oh man, going to work every day, 
knowing I can go to mass on Sunday, knowing that like oh, my my schedule is going to be taking me to certain places where I'm familiar with. Rather than now, it's cooking every meal. I'm staying indoors. Uh, everything feels foreign. I feel like a foreigner. <laughs> mm. And so, yeah, like a like a pilgrim in a different land. It's just like I long for home, and it's you, we can't go back right now. And so sometimes it's just like, how do you hold that longing in a time of like, at a time where comfort isn't necessarily available? Where do I find God? If if I've only found God in the past in comfortable experiences, now I'm in an uncomfortable experience. I don't know this language with God yet. That's a new one. That's a new one for me. Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you approaching the new paradigm? Because if you know that the way that you established it last time um, yielded this death. Is that influencing? How is that influencing the way that you form this new one? My prayer with God has been very, uh, it's been very simple lately. When I encounter worry, when I encounter like my feelings of not being in control and it really takes over, you know, there's a lot of language right now is how do we make space for God? I was like, I don't know. Cause like that's real, right? Like this wanting to control this, this kind of worry. My prayer has been lately like, look, I don't know what to do with this, God. So what do we do? What do I, what do I do with this worry together? What do I do with this, with this confusion? Uh, because I've never, I've never been here before. I've never been in a pandemic before. So what, what do I do with this that will actually lead to greater ability to love and charity and mercy? Um, I don't know. A lot of my prayer has been sharing with God of what I don't, I don't know. Oddly enough, that's given me a great amount of 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 peace. Cuz maybe that's part of it, right? It's like I have a tendency to want to make sure that everything goes right and I know where it's going. I have no other option in this situation than to trust. That's a that that for me and maybe this is similar to many other uh, people in in American culture. I'm not complete unto myself and I have to trust. That's a new muscle. Mm-hmm. That's a vulnerable muscle. I, I, I have to trust in ways that I might not have ever had to in the past. I got family members who are sick. I got people who I love who uh, might be susceptible to this. Can I trust you or not? Can I? That's been, that's, I think, is this question. And oddly enough, it's grounding. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is grounding that, like, oh, that's where my prayer is inviting me. Connection. I'm JJ Wright. We're now joined by Father Pete McCormick, Director of Campus Ministry at the University of Notre Dame. Father Pete, how are you doing today? I'm great. How about you guys? You know, we're hanging in there, I'd say. <laughs> by a thread. <laughs> I've, I've taken to evaluating my days on a day-to-day basis. That's been my approach. It's like, for a while there, I started thinking, okay, when this pandemic is over, and then I realized that was an overwhelming thought. So then I shifted to, um, we're just going to do this day by day. And each day is going to have its like its wins and the things that I look forward to. 
So right now, um, there's probably some people who are listening that are are totally digging the uh, the Bulls documentary. I am living for that, man. Like ten part series. Just watched the first two parts. Got two more coming this weekend. It's gonna be amazing. I feel like I'm reliving my glory days. Ninety seven, ninety eight. I was a, <laughs> I think about this junior at Grand Valley State University. You know, living the dream. So so I feel like I'm I'm getting all the feels. So, Father Pete, like many of us, uh, you are not immune to having to find a new normal in this uh, in this extraordinary situation we find ourselves in. Uh, does that come easy to a guy like you? I would say that it, it doesn't come easy for me. I'm a, I'm a rhythm and routine guy. Um, so, like, I, I have my particular things that I really like to do. Um, but what I've what I've challenged myself is to think about, OK, what's your new normal? I really tried to move beyond um, the grief that I was feeling at first in, into acceptance because that's where that's where God is is, is accepting this kind of moment and, and beginning to to realize uh, kind of what might be being presented to you and what opportunities are there. So that's at first I was kicking and screaming and now I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go to the grocery store and it's going to be awkward and stressful. And this is a part of the reality. I never thought it'd be so challenging just to touch a doorknob. Uh, but now it is. And so just got to live with that. Um, you know, a lot of sand, hand sanitizer and a lot of hand washing. Uh, I got my first mask the other day. My mom uh, whipped me up one. This thing is industrial thanks, strength, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mom. Shout out to mom. <laughs> I haven't worn it outside yet. I'm still building up the courage to do that. So baby steps here. Yeah, you're stretching it out every day, right? Just getting it, getting it ready. <laughs> it's ready. It's ready. <laughs> hey, Father Pete, if, like in your life right now, like this process of acceptance, I imagine goes back and forth. What is that like? Like I imagine there are times in which acceptance comes easy and then other times where it's like, oh man, I'm still in the morning phase. Like what is it living in between morning and acceptance? the key insight for me has been, I got to take this day to day one and two. Um, I have to have compassion on myself. When, when, I, when we were in the first phases of this, there are times in which I would just have absolute anger and frustration in, in ways that I'm not normally prone to. Um, and it, it, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. It was hard because I'm, I'm trying to, to lead a department and have conversations with individuals and, supposedly, quote unquote, have the answers or at least kind of have an inkling towards them. But at the same time, it, you're going through your own internal stuff. And that was that was me banging my head up against the wall for the better part of two weeks. And so I finally had this realization that something's got to change. I got to give. And so what I just decided was, is like, I'm going to try to have as much compassion on myself as I as I seek to have on others. So there are going to be days in which I'm which I'm good, which is kind of like this is where I'm at. And there are going to be other days with which I'm not. But like getting to that point of acceptance and movement towards compassion really has been key. So now I evaluate at the end of every day. I think to myself, OK, well, um, there there were a couple of meetings there where I totally swung and missed, but for good reason. And uh, we're going to try to get a little bit better tomorrow. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about in our in our first segment was uh, this idea that the like right now, if for someone with, with my type of personality, it feels really unsettling because, yeah. um, my inner life very often resembles this level of uncertainty that is now present in my outer life. 
<laughs> and when when the yin and yang are not there, it's like everything's weighted towards the uncertainty. Are are you? Uh, how does that function for you? Are you? You know, are, do you normally feel like you've got this kind of inner core that's pretty certain, or is this a? There has been a real blessing to me in the midst of this that um, I, I've. It's probably an aspect of of the nature of religious life that affords us. There, there's a particular rhythm that that is going to be constant and true. And, and this is not not to get braggadocious or cocky in any way. Certainly, I have my fair share of uncertainty. Um, but I but I have a religious community. We have we have prayer, and we have mass, and we have socially distanced meals together. And, and there's a particular rhythm that I've been able to fall into. And so while certainly a lot of, of what I have enjoyed outside of my own immediate religious family has fallen away, um, th- there's, there's a constant and a core that, that has become increasingly more important for me. And so I, I, it really has been the, the notion of, of decluttering would be what I would say is that um, anyone who knows me well knows that like at the end of every semester, I go through my room and I get rid of things that I, I don't need or don't, or don't feel that I need to carry with me anywhere, any longer. This process um, has really forced me to do something similarly internally. So I've, I've had to declutter, if you will, the things that I placed a greater priority on. Turns out they can be taken away in a moment's notice. What are, the, what are the parts, though, in the midst of this chaos that I can kind of cling to? And this, for me, has been community prayer, community mass, community meals, finding those moments, those points of encounter that allow me to kind of anchor myself in the midst of the storm. I find myself in the in in these days like um first of all thank you that like that sounds so like uh, hopeful I find myself these days when when uh, as a person who isn't part of a religious community who's a lay person um in 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 lacking some of those kind of like natural communal experiences simply just missing missing old experiences of God, like missing reliable experiences of God. I mean, like we're looking at it now, even Sunday masses are at best are going to be streamed online. And so uh, for, for, for a lot of us who aren't in religious life, I think there's this this feeling of kind of um, this feeling of, of, of one, it can either be like looking back and trying to recapture an experience of God that happened in the past, but ultimately not being able to see like where God is now. And so, I don't know. Like I, I asked Father Peter, or even JJ, like, what's grappling with kind of letting go of 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 a good experience of God in the past, um, and making room for seeing God in a time that is inherently uncertain. Yeah, JJ, you want to take a crack at it? Or you want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go first because I know mine's gonna be uh, gonna be shaky, and then you can come and clean up my mess. I think. <laughs> No, I think I really like the question because, um, because, and, and Christian, you and I talked about this a little before, like my, my sort of internal tendency is that when, when things, when there's an opening, when things change, my sort of, uh, internal, internal clock starts to run even faster. And then I start sprinting towards what I can see in the distance. And, um, and what I lose in the midst of that is the opportunity to, uh, 
to reflect deliberately or to mourn, like both of you guys have both talked about quite a bit, this idea of grief and allowing the space for that grief to inform um, and shape the sort of the, the next chapter of who I'm going to be going to become. So uh, I would say that in a more practical sense, like my, my daily routine probably looks more like father Pete's because I'm, I'm always going to be getting up at the cert, at a certain time because the kids are waking me up. I'm always going to be eating breakfast with the kids. I'm always going to be reading with them starting at eight 30. We're always going to have lunch together at 12. We're always going to eat dinner together at five. We're always going to do bedtime prayer. Like those things are a given every day. And, um, and in light of all, or in spite, not in spite of, but kind of within all of that, like this past weekend felt like semi-normal. Like we played outside on Saturday. I'm building some bookshelves. Like, you know, we took some time to rest and, um, and it was weird because I never, ever have Sunday off, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, well, now I take Saturday and Sunday off like a normal person. <laughs> I don't really know how to make sense of it yet. Cause like Sunday, Sunday afternoon comes and it's like, man, I'm like, I've like, I've been off for like 48 hours. What's going on? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, uh, I think that's a great answer, JJ. Nothing to clean up on this end. Um, I, I, I've had a couple emails over the course of the past couple of days, actually, of people asking for me to hear their confession. And it's, it's folks that I don't know. Um, and it's folks that um, in any other circumstance, I would say yes to. And, and so it, it kills me every time to say, at this time, I'm not able to hear your confession. And I think to myself, the, the, the priest in me just revolts. And so I, I oftentimes wonder and think like, God, how could you be present in this? that my primary function is to be a priest, is to celebrate Mass, hear confessions, be a bridge builder between God and His people. And even, even that, Lord, has been taken away on some level. And, and every, every person has responded, the two that I've received emails from, with total graciousness in class. They get it, they understand it. But there's a little part of me that, that dies every time I have to send that email. Um, and so it, it comes back to this, this, this reflection for me on the incarnation. You know, I have to believe, even in the midst of this chaos, that, that God is with us, Emmanuel, um, that, that, that God takes on human flesh, that God shares our existence. And so this is, this is not going to ring true for people who don't live in the Midwest and haven't gone through what we have gone through, JJ and Christian, but um, seeing the sun on a consistent basis, seeing um, leaves begin to like, spring forth, hearing the sound of birds, those have been all signs of God's presence to me. And so I've really had to work to try to see those things and not to reflect too much on, on, on the moments of death that I think I would do anything to go sit on a bench somewhere and, and listen to a confession. But I have to think about the fact that I've got, um, you know, a series of, of Holy Cross brothers of mine who are in their 70s and 80s. And if I were to do that, um, what, what could possibly occur um, out of this priestly zeal that I have? So it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, you know, we're, we're in this time of resurrection, right? This is the right. Easter season. And even in the readings that we're getting the chance to hear now, um, 
we're hearing all the ways that Jesus's closest friends are like so confused about what has happened. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I think I played mass last Thursday and, and the gospel was, um, you know, Jesus shows up and he, and he eats a piece of fish. Right. And he says, do you think ghosts need to eat or something, something to that effect? And the whole idea now is that uh, it's like Emmanuel. I, why are you looking up to the sky? Right. Right. He's here with you now. Right. All the things that used to limit what what was possible have now been eliminated. And um, I do think that 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 is part of where at least I feel myself being asked to to be. Um, but it's it's kind of tinged with this extraordinary difficulty of um of being isolated being alone um having the routine upset and i guess part of it is trying to hold those two things together because it's it's an easter unlike any other that i've experienced and yet when i when i look at the scripture passages of easter there's there's rarely if not any experiences where jesus reveals himself as the resurrected one to people who weren't going through some sort of existential crisis to people to someone who wasn't in fear to someone who wasn't in mourning and so for me i maybe why this easter season makes so resonates so much with me is um the resurrection of Jesus only makes sense if we understand ourselves as people who are need the resurrection, who who, who are looking right. As I, I can't maybe in my life prior to the coronavirus, when I had a ton of like routine, I was able to be like, oh, cool, that's really novel idea. Let's bring some Easter eggs and wear some pastel colors. Right now, <laughs> yo, I need a hero, man. I need someone to 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 walk with me in my uncertainty, to 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 show me that there might be something possible. Uh, lately, my prayer has been this. Um, a lot of my friends are talking about how you're making space for God in your life right now, and my response to them is like, I I don't know. My, some days and some days, the best thing I can say is, Hey God, this anxiety I'm feeling, can you join me? Hey God, this fear that I'm experiencing, can you join me? Um, be here with me as I feel this, because um, for me, I've, I've I I I have a tendency. If JJ wants to run towards stuff, I have a tendency of pulling away. And and mm-hmm. allowing my felt myself to feel these moments of fear or anxiety and not run away from them and really understand like what's causing them has for me been one of the places where I found groundedness in something that seems to be something I'm supposed to like run away from. It actually has allowed me to kind of like be rooted. What's that been like for you, Christian? What I'm recognizing now is I'm I miss my old paradigm and i have to start a new one and i think i have to be tend uh, compassionate enough with myself to be like no i'm building a new paradigm here and so a lot of my questions have been all right god so i'm feeling anxious right now or i'm feeling worried right now what do i do with this and actually and actually saying and i'm going to take your lead because i don't i don't know where we're going to go and for me i think that's been it, it that practice of like God show me where 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 do I what do I what do I do with this unwanted feeling, um, and that has led to a, a, a openings of generosity. It has led to openings of somewhat of a way forward. Um, what I think I'm grappling now with is just like be, being patient with myself as this new paradigm of how to hold all of this intention. Hopefully now more intimately with God to be patient with myself as that process takes place. Um, 
but there are times in which I'm just like, screw making a new one. Let's just go back to old ones. But they're, they're <laughs> simply just that. They're just old ones. They're not necessarily ones that allow me to experience God here. It's, uh, it's kind of like trying to find comfort in a past experience rather than be willing to see God in the present. This past weekend, uh, Deacon Joe Peterson had, had the, um, the Mass at the Basilica. He preached it. But what, what's important to note here is that should have been the Mass that he would have celebrated it the first time as a priest. And so here he is preaching as a deacon. His ordination has been suspended and delayed until sometime in the fall. Um, and when given the opportunity to talk about the resurrection, he he made the point that ultimately what Jesus invites us to is to go through something um, and to be transformed by it. Just as Jesus embraced the cross, he didn't try to go around it. He went through it. Um, and, and, I, and it wasn't lost on me that here is a guy who has known his fair share of hardship. He's been in formation for X number of years. His family has anxiously anticipated this day. And all of a sudden now he's preaching as a deacon with an ordination date that is TVD. Um, and I, it just was so beautiful to see the, the witness and, and the place that he was able to preach from. And he didn't draw attention to it. He didn't say, this was the day that I should have been ordained and celebrating my first mass. He just preached from a genuine experience of this is my normal. This is where I'm preaching from. And I think that's the same invitation we have, whether you have access to a microphone or not. This is my normal, and this is where I'm preaching from. And I can only imagine, like, seniors right now who are out there who are just like, well, how does this help me get a job? And I'm like, I, I don't know if it does. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> I don't know if, it, I don't know if it, it, it provides any consolation of any certainty. But I, it, it, it is a trust that in the, in, the, in the questions and in the worry and in the, in, um, in the times in which our expectations are not met and we're left with disappointment, that it is something God shares with us. And that'll do it for us on this episode of Points of Connection. On behalf of J.J. Wright and our guest, Father Pete McCormick, thanks for joining us today. If you liked our podcast, make sure you rate it and share it with some friends. This is Points of Connection, a production of Campus Ministry at the University of Notre Dame.